Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Let's get underway. Saturdays were made for this. The biggest names and the biggest games right here. Triple M rocks the NRL. Thanks to our mates at King G. Welcome to the Triple M Saturday Scrub. Great to have your company uh, for this hour. My name's Tony Squires. I'm joined by Mark Guy, Brent Reed, and uh, Michael Chamis. Uh, and we've just learnt in, during that break that Reedy believes, as we see a bit of footage of the Ninja Warrior, that uh, he could do that. And then we're seeing somebody who's just basically pulling himself along on a climbing wall with a, I don't know, a centimetre where you can grip uh, and you're hanging high above a swimming pool. You, this is the sort of thing you think you could do? I did or say, give me a year, Tone. Give me right. a year. I think I could get myself up for that, yeah. But do you have – is this mm. speaking from an experience of where you were at some point in your life, fitness-wise and uh, athleticism? Well, I have been fitter in my life. That is true, yeah, points. Mm. But mm. I don't know. It's just uh, – I don't know. I just feel like you've got a scratch. Back in the days, yeah. my ex- I was an explosive athlete, Tone. That's why I reckon I could pull it off. <laughs> We're talking about a guy who wore a GPS monitor during a game of FIFA. That's like, true, he, I did, yeah. He wore a heart rate yeah. monitor. I did, true. <laughs> and look, hey, do you remember how, how I think, it, what did I get up to, do you remember? <laughs> It's quite high, actually. I get in a, quite in a skin-tight Arsenal jersey. That's true. Yeah. That is oh, skin-tight like the Blues jersey style. Oh, it was tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was tight. Well, I mean, I was pretty ripped back then. I think then, it was so a kid's jersey. <laughs> well, so what would your heart rate flew because of the excitement? I of used to have a heart rate monitor uh-huh. that I wore when I exercised and thought I'd like to see... And we're counting FIFA as exercising on the well, computer. No, I just wanted to see how much stress I put my body under during game of FIFA. And what, what was the result? I was got pretty high, I think, from memory. Yeah, he did lose six 0 <laughs> Well, that's not true. Well, it might have been true. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it's brilliant. Well, I don't know. Have you got your monitor nearby? Because it's a, it's time for this. Now, don't stress, okay? Oh, no, okay. What, what you got for Why don't we start? We, we uh, speaking earlier to Brad Fittler, and MG gave a great review of the one and only Dale Finucane. Mm. What's going on there? Well, t- t- uh, talking about, we talked about the Cowboys as well earlier, and um, it's interesting. The Cowboys are making a couple of moves in the player market. One is a, they've started talking to Hammer about a contract extension. Hammer's got a year to go. Obviously, he's just been selected for Queensland. Uh, they don't want to lose him. He's one of their own. So they've started talking to him him about extending his deal. But Dale Finucane, it's been well documented they've put a two-year da- two year deal on the table to Dale Finucane. Um, I've spoken to them this week. They've now uh, uh, reached out to Dale Finucane's camp. Uh, they've let him know that they're will- willing to go to three years now. Uh, wow. If that will get Dale over the line. So uh, he's got a few clubs after him, Dale. They've been, uh, obviously, Melbourne's put an offer in for him. He's been linked with the West Tigers. He's been linked with uh, Canterbury, a few other clubs. But I think the Cowboys have uh, n- now willing to go to three years uh, uh, as a means to get Dale across the line and entice him to Townsville. So he would seem like an ideal player for them. Rudy, do you think that's why the Tigers are all of a sudden back in for Pangai Jr.? Because they got wind of Dale p- potentially heading to the Cowboys? I don't know if that, you know what, the, I think the Cowboys were hoping he'd answer out of Dale before Origin. Now, that's probably not going to happen now. Um, I, I, I don't know, Mick. I don't, it's a big move for Dale, isn't it? I mean, he's a Sydney, he's a, well, he's from B, a Beager originally Beager. from memory, but obviously he's lived in Sydney, moved down to Melbourne. To then move his family up to Townsville would be a big, uh, big decision. But, you know, obviously initially the, uh, Dale wanted, uh, his management wanted a four-year deal on huge money. Um, 
that was never going to happen. Uh, I think some clubs were talking about two years. The fact the Cowboys are now willing to go to three years and pay him a pretty good wage, maybe that'll hold sway in the end, and, and maybe the Tigers weren't willing to go to three years. I'm not sure uh, where, where they landed, but, you know, obviously they're back in for, for Tavita Pangai now. Well, I... Well, you'd know. Are they, are they, I'm not sure they've officially tabled the deal to Tavita yet. They've spoken to him, obviously. This is your segment, mate. I can't it be is. helping well, you out here. Yeah. It's a joint one. No, I, 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 I really need to be careful. Next yeah. week could be the uh, Ch- Chamo's mail. Chamo's mail. It doesn't make yeah. it. It's not the same, though, is it? Chamo's chimes. Mix, mix mail will do. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Chamo's chimes. Well, I'm, not sure yes. I'm not sure they've officially put a, an well, offer in. For, they've spoken numbers with Tavita, right? I think the offer is around 2.2 million over three years from the Tigers for Pengai Jr. Okay. Finucane is just like, what a story. I mean, we spoke about him with Freddie, obviously, and then he left the, the Bulldogs and probably went to the Storm, I would say, on pretty minimal wage, maybe 250 300 a year, if that. Um, and now we see him, I, I remember at the start of the year, his manager came out and said, we want a deal for our Sydney clubs, uh, 1.6 for two years, and I'm thinking $800,000. Oh, come on, Dale, you, that's a bit too, you know, too steep, but I'd pay it for him now. I would I would be one of them clubs. I'd pay him that much money. I I think it's not all about what he does on the field. He does what he does off the field, which which would yeah. have you up around the finals within a th- uh, two or three years of him being at your club. He's that, so profound, and that's part of the reason the Cowboys will go to three years for him. MG, it's because of what he brings off the field as well. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting though. We talked about Jason Tomalolo before. How would you know? Obviously, Dale can play as a front row, and I suppose Tomalolo almost plays like a front row anyway. But how you get both those guys in the team? Who wears the thirteen? I mean, it's a, it's a nice problem to have for Toddy Payton, but you know yeah. you got they they would seem to seem to me as a club that would would really benefit from having Dale Finuke in there right now. They've got a lot of young kids, and they need some smart, savvy, experienced, professional players around them. And Dale is every bit of of that. Uh, another player, uh, Dylan Napa. Now he was yeah. he was worth plenty, uh, and then of course he got that kind of flying wedge into uh, opponents' heads, which didn't really help him for a while. What's his situation with the uh, doggies? Well, it's interesting because the top hundred salaries came out last week. I think Dylan was on six fifty yeah. according to that that uh, that survey. Uh, that came out last week. I mean, he's obviously had his issues, Dylan. Um, there's nothing on the table at the moment, as I understand, from the Bulldogs. And his management's now, It was, I think he was reported he was on about 650 last week in the paper. His management's now offering him around for ha- less than half that $300,000. He's been offered round out to clubs uh, in recent weeks, Dylan Napa. I'm not sure he's had any bites yet. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with Dylan Napa. Um, he might have to drop that, that pay request even more now, he's, or his management might, because... There's just not a lot of interest in him at, in him at the moment. Well, the, you remember at the start of the year when we were talking about Matt Burton going to the Bulldogs, one of the options that was floated was Penrith taking Dylan Napa and, and the Bulldogs didn't want to do it. And then six weeks later, they they offered him to the yeah. to the Panthers and they, mm. did, they weren't interested. So it's been a, a quick fall from grace for Napa. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, a lot of the talk uh, with the protection of players' heads, the concussion and all those sorts of things. And James McManus was certainly somebody in that frame at Newcastle. Uh, what's going on there? This has been an odyssey tone. This has taken, I think, yeah. uh, I think five years, I think it's four or five years ago this first got reported that James McManus was taking the Knights to court, uh, um, suing them over their treatment of him, him when he was a football player there because he serious, suffered a series of head knocks and he's now had uh, lasting effects from that. Well, he's actually finally got a court date. Uh, this is going to trial. It's marked a set down for trial on September 20. Uh, Ten days have been put aside and obviously it's a, it has huge ramifications repercussions for the game, the outcome of this court hearing because if James McManus is successful in suing the Knights then it could potentially open up um, you know, other other 
players and uh, to take legal action against their clubs. We know there's players who've, who've been speaking about it. We know that, we know there's a, a few few legal firms that have opened up uh, the potential for class actions against the NRL and all clubs. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of footballers and a lot of legal firms will be watching this pretty closely, this case as it unfolds, because, as I said, has huge ramifications for the game moving forward. Yeah, indeed. All right, and finally, uh, you've had a chat with uh, the great man. G.I. Yeah. Yeah, one of the great Queenslanders. I spoke to G.I. this week. Uh, he's obviously had the, 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 the... He's been overplaying at Warrington in England. Uh, he's now retired again because he's suffered a recurrence of the hamstring injury. Look, I mean, he's, it's really interesting. I spoke to him about Origin because there was a rumour going around early, yeah. earlier this year Queensland might try to get him back. Uh, he said that never happened. It never got that far, and he, he would have knocked it back anyway because he feels it's it's other it's it's time for others to step up and get that opportunity. But it's really interesting, Gi. You know, he's coming. He's going to stay over there till the end of the year. He's going to stay working with Warrington with some of the younger players, uh, and then at the end of the year, he's going to come back here. Uh, two things: one, he may ac- actually uh, have a run around with his his junior club, uh, one of the great Queensland teams, Maxville, um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. talking about that's in Queensland yeah. I love that part dusting, of Queensland dusting yeah. off the boots and playing a few games for Maxville mm-hmm. yeah. but he wants to be a coach GI um, and he's obviously got the Goanna Academy which he's involved in but I said to him would you become an NRL coach he said look I'm not ruling it out at some point down the track I'd like to work with, with younger sides before that he's had an involvement with South in the 18s and the 20s I think or the 16s and the 18s I think he'd like to get back doing that and down the track GI hasn't ruled out potent- potentially uh, become Becoming or trying to become an NRL coach. So. Wow. I wonder if it? you saw Tom Burgess trying to do the Goanna last night in a, in a <laughs> <Yes>. try celebration. <laughs> was that a Goanna? Oh, it was a worm. It was very large. <laughs> it was terrible, one. wasn't it? It was really <laughs> good, good cause, though. T- turned into a surfer. Great That's course. been a great idea, hasn't yeah. it? I yeah. mean, you know, they've raised a hell of a lot of money for Mossy Masu and Masu and uh, oh, awesome. Great, awesome. great. Great that all the players got behind it. Absolutely. We'll all have a chat. Uh, sea Eagles and the Raiders, uh, a bit of Believe It or Not, is also ahead. This is the Saturday Scrum. We do it thanks to King G. The Triple M Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. Nice to have you with us as time races away from us on another Saturday afternoon. All right, let's cast our minds back to Thursday evening for Pines Park. Sea Eagles and the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders just uh, coming off the back to back to back to back losses. Had to get the job done against the Sea Eagles team without, of course, uh, their talisman in, in uh, Tommy Turbo. Uh, the Raiders got the job done, MG. They were, they were fantastic. They were, they were fantastic. They Look, the Seagulls jumped out of the box and it's 4-0. And then young Xavier Savage, what a fantastic name for a first grader. Yeah, um, Brad Parker was about to score a try in the corner, which could have put him up by 10 points. And who knows what would have happened after that, after the, the Raiders have um, had the season from hell almost. But that could be a turning point for him because he, he, he bundled him into touch and that was kind of a, a turning point of the match. Um, they, were, they were good all across the park, I think, um, up front. Um, the, their forwards, Papalohi wasn't there, and they they you know, managed to do the game, win the game without him being there, which is a uh, another big. Um, yeah, Gula was good, scored the last try. Um, we spoke, as I said, we spoke to uh, Croker through the week, and he was just relieved. He said it was just a relief after a season from hell. All these rumour innuendo that we've been hearing from our club, and he, he kind of said none of it's been true. You know, it's you know, winning games just. Is, is such a, a weight off your shoulders, especially when you've got the whole weekend to kick back and and watch other games. But they were great, the Raiders. Merely, without Tommy, um, they, they 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 struggle. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's the elephant in the room. And these big games down the track, they're just going to pr- prey on his fitness because he's a, 
is almost a one-man team, almost. Uh, DC obviously was missing as well, and um, but their their forwards were found out um, on the weekend around the ruck that to score a try ten metres out with any without anybody t- t- even touching you like Starling did. That's that's mm. uh, that's alarming. Are we are we buying the whole Raiders? There's nothing wrong here. Like this is no, it's not like there's nothing made fire. up, MG. Like we we George Williams has come out and, and slammed the club. We had John Bateman slam the club. Josh Hodson stepped down from the captaincy. Joe Tarpanay's partner spraying mm. Ricky on social media. Like this is not fabricated <laughs> stuff in the media. This is is actually happening. Well, that's true. But Ricky Stewart did come out and say after that win that a club that was in all that turmoil as it had been painted couldn't have come up with a performance like that. But I'm not sure that's exactly the case. Certainly someone like uh, Tarpany was much better. He was, he's been good over the past couple of weeks coming off the bench. He, he changed things around when he arrived uh, the other night. And Hodgson's been really good as well. I mean, obviously Starling came on, came on as well the other night and they played in tandem and I thought it worked really well for them. He's so important for them, Josh Hodgson. There's no doubt um, there's been moments this season when he's been unsettled, obviously standing down from the captaincy. Um, and you know, there's been a lot of speculation around his future and whether, whether he would leave. It looks as though now he will stay and he'll be there next year. And I, I think he's really important. He is there for, for Canberra because he's sort of the glue that holds that side together. Uh, Manly, I mean, uh, you know, obviously Tommy wasn't there, but DC, uh, you know, we, MG mentioned DCE. And I mean, DCE has been really important for, for them as well in recent weeks. I yep. know his form, when Tommy came back, his form picked up as well. Um, and yeah, well, Jason Saab didn't. Jason Saab didn't touch the ball, and, and yeah, usually was you know, quiet, it, wasn't it, 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 on the right yeah. wing. You got to, he's such a he's such a target, and they just didn't use him. Um, and but you got to give a special mention to Tarpany off the bench. I think he ran for the most meters of, uh, off the bench was uh, for this this season. Hargraves had the the record before that uh, against the Sharkies when he came off the bench and ran for over two hundred meters. But Tarpany smashed that two hundred thirty six meters or something off the bench. He was uh, he was their man. He was their he was their man of the match, and he led from the front massively. I mean, yeah, we talk about not having Tommy and how big a concern it is for Manly, but I think it's no bigger concern than not having Nathan Cleary maybe yeah. for Penrith. I know they've got more depth, Penrith, but, you know, a lot of people say they can't win the comp without Nathan Cleary. It's like the Roosters lose Luke Cleary yeah. and suddenly yeah. you know, they're Or the Dragons out. lose 12 players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, every, everyone's got a player who's vitally important for them, um, you know, be it Melbourne, Penrith. Maybe Penrith and Melbourne, Melbourne have got a bit more depth than what Manly have, but they've all got a player who we go, if they haven't got him, they probably can't win the comp. But we're not saying they can't win the comp. We're saying they're a wooden spoon team when they haven't got him. Like they, they were diabolical to start the year, Manly, and then mm. Tom comes into the team and, and, well, MG, I imagine you'd think, they on their day with Tom Fiery, they could probably challenge Melbourne and, and Penrith. Yeah, on a, on a, without a doubt. Without it, because what what Tommy does, he just lifts everyone else up. And if you're in the dressing room after that first four weeks of, of woe, and I think the big important thing for Manly was they at least won one game before Tommy came back, and that was against the Warriors, thirteen twelve with a field goal. But when he came back, and, and you can imagine these young guys who are in the team, the, the Morgan Harpers of the world, and they're, they're putting their boots on, they look over and see him there. Mm. That's just such a confidence boost, and yeah. the, the form he's in at the moment. It's I've said it on this show verbatim. It's it's He's the best player I've seen ever play the game when he's on. I, I haven't seen people do what he's done so easily. He just makes it look so easy. He plays like a halfback in a in a front rower's body that runs like the uh, roadrunner. That's just he's he's a mutant. He's just unbelievable. <laughs> he's unbelievable. It's like it's something out of um, what was that movie with Earl Blue? They're all blue. Um, Add it to Tony's list. Ab- yeah. It's like an avatar. 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 He's, he's a seven foot avatar. Zoolander to watch this afternoon. <laughs> 
Avatar. What was the middle one? Warmers. Bench bench warmers. Warmers. Bench warmers. Oh, that's you. a great one. They're, they're, they're all Oscar winners, Tony, all them. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I bet yeah. they are. Now, this. Believe it or not. Very simple operation. I put some statements to you, gentlemen. You tell me whether you believe it or not and why. I'll begin with you, our, uh, sitting in for Ryan Girdler, Michael Chamis. Wayne Bennett will be the Queensland Origin coach next year, believe it or not. Believe it. I believe it. I uh, I think Wayne is probably tossing up at the moment whether to do a consultancy role with South Sydney ex- next year, hoping that the new expansion team comes in in 23. It looks like it's probably heading towards 2024 at this stage, so... Uncle Wayne might have 12 months off and look for something to do. I, I believe it. Okay, really? I don't believe it. No, mm. I think we're very, very loyal up in Queensland. Very loyal state up in Queensland. I think we'll stick with Paul Green. I've, I've got faith we'll turn around around and win Origin 3. Do you, do you against that the too? odds, yes. You should Green, have that as a believe it or not. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> very loyal. Have you seen the amount of changes Paul I'm Green's very, made? I like the changes. I think they're very positive changes. I've, I've got the utmost faith and I think Paul Green will be there next year. Okay. It's a much better team, no doubt about it. Okay, MG, uh, Wayne Bennett, Queensland Origin coach next year. Yeah, I believe it. I think he'll be back. I think he's back. Clint Eastwood's back, baby. (laughs) He's great for Origin. There's no doubt about it. He's great for the build-up. He's just everything about him. It's terrific. Well, you, want, you want more to write about and talk about, Tone, than what we've had this year. You don't think Greeny's been good for the series, given all the uh, no, drama that's good. unfolded? No, he's been good. Jaira's been good for the series, no <laughs> doubt about it. There's been a lot of people putting their hands up in terms of publicity. Yeah. Suncorp Stadium will finally host at the NRL Grand Final this year. Believe it or not, Mark Geyer. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. I think... Um, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm a bit pessimistic about this current um, situation with COVID, and I think that um, I think it will go north, and they deserve it. They deserve to have a game, a grand final there. They, you know, they're a massive rugby league town, and uh, they they've contributed fantastically to the comp in the last. 30 years, so give them a reward. And the good news is that there uh, wouldn't be any real problem because uh, no Queensland team's going to feature in it. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm just 100%. being honest. No, I'm just no, expressing. You're being honest. You are being honest. No, just being honest, believe it or not. Dako, do you believe it? Uh, I'd like to believe it. I don't think so, though. I, I don't believe it. I think the game will be down here. I think we'll have it under control by... When's that, October? October. First week of October. We'll be right. Yeah, it'll, ha- it'll happen down here. Oh, God. hello, Harry, half full glass. Yeah, always half full. Mm-hmm. I like how it's we when it suits you. You well, make yeah. New South Wales. We all love it. I mean, the, the community of rugby league. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the man of the people. Yeah. <laughs> you and all his mates in Maxville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I, uh, I don't believe it. Uh, you don't believe it? No, I think, well, the government, if it's at 50% capacity, I don't. the, the NRL have got a lot of faith in the government, they'll build three or four suburban grounds. And part of that deal is the, the grand final stays here. And if it's at 50 or 70% capacity, then the New South Wales government will say, yeah, you, you owe it to us to keep it here. So if it's at, obviously, if there are no crowds, then yes. But I, I think by that stage, there'll be some element of a crowd. Well, the New South Wales government has a little job in its hands right now mm. is to lower those numbers, which were 50 today, uh, and see mm. how we are going by the first week of October. All right. Believe it or not, uh, Reedy, mm. Paul Vaughan is a worthwhile investment for another NRL club. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, certainly. I mean, he's a quality forward when he's um, he's playing well and when he's not um, hosting barbecues at his house. You know, so I think at the right pr- price, he's a great investment for a team. And there's no no question that someone will have a, a lash at Paul Vaughan at the right price. And and right now, you get him pr- at a reasonable freight. So at, you know, I think he's a, a 
is definitely a worthwhile investment for another NRL club. Definitely. I asked the Roosters because technically they got some money for Boyd Cordner <laughs> left over. If he's if they signed him now, he'd have eight weeks off and he can play finals football for the Roosters. Hmm. Hmm. You but, asked him what was well, the answer. I they'd be interested. I don't think they are interested, but they. Uh, but even the, the question which I asked the NRL is hmm. effectively they're handing, effectively handing him a sixteen week ban because if he doesn't play this week, that's this year. Sorry, that's eight weeks, but he's not registered. Does he have to serve the eight weeks? when he starts next year? Because no one's going to sign him if he has to miss a third no. of the season. But I, the answer I got is the NRL has discretionary oh, power. They, surely they couldn't make him pl- yeah. once he's re-signed somewhere else. Well, do the that, eight weeks. Someone Didn't would they sign, make Ben serve that spot? Yeah, 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 they did. Someone would sign him regardless, though, Mick, because you just factor that into what you'd pay him next year. So, you know, they mightn't pay him for the, the eight weeks he's off and then they'd take him. Someone will take a lash, even, even if he's got eight weeks off next year. Someone will sign him. MG? Yeah, I believe. I believe. I'm, I'm just, everything Rudy said then, I, I, uh, I agree with. I think that um, maybe a Manly, if, if they offload to power, um, the same scenario that the Roosters, if they're playing finals at the end of the year, and uh, I think Sipley's injured his shoulder, or um, so they might be forward out. Um, he's, he's definitely, um, you know, on his day, a, a great rugby league player. There's no doubting that. All right. I believe that as well. Uh, this is the Saturday Scrum. We do it thanks to King G. <laughs> Triple M, Saturday Scrum for King G. Triple M rocks footy. It's Saturday Scrum and it's time for this. Over beer? Well, Canadian Club wants to stock your fridge. The next big thing. It's the next big thing. Oh, gee. How good. How good would it have been to be called the next big thing? He was. Mick Brandon, Mick's called himself it. Haven't you? In the journalism circles. <laughs> I'm already a big thing. Can I tell you a story? Ma- many, many, many years ago, oh, uh, Hoops and I had a bit of a stoush at uh, the bourbon and beefsteak once because he, he claimed that I was telling people I was, I, I'd nicknamed myself Metro, <laughs> as in the best journalist not on a metropolitan newspaper. <laughs> was after a Dally M's or something. Is this true? Were you? Did well, you? I can't remember doing it, but I can imagine myself actually doing it. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, I couldn't remember whether I did or not. A verbal stab? Yeah, no, no, didn't, didn't get, get pushy blows, shabby no. with it. It was a little pushy. Up. David Gallup had to sort of get involved and placate things, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's been a little, little bit of a mismatch, you versus who. Oh, it happened to me. It happened to me. You would have some good blows on his kneecaps. You would have had to get Ricky Ponting on your side. All right, the next big thing. Very swiftly, MG, what do you got for me? Sunday at uh, 4.05 at Net Strata Jubilee Stadium. Um, mm-hmm. This is a game that it means so much to both teams. I, I think Newcastle will come seventh. I think the winner of this, this game between the Sharks and Warriors, even though we're eight weeks out from finals footy, will we'll, we'll finish eighth. Wow. So once so again, I'm, that I'm, great thing, that race for eighth, where you have a week off, oh. a week, and you get beaten by Penrith or Melbourne. Uh, okay, what's your next big thing? My next big thing is Billy Smith, uh, the Sydney Roosters centre, making his return to uh, uh, the NRL today. He was mar- earmarked as the guy to take over the trail centre position. The Roosters had uh, a knee reconstruction, missed all last year, and he's making his first appearance this year, Billy Smith. So he's my next big thing, Billy. Just on the Roosters' flavour, nice. I'll probably continue it with Probably Victor Radley. Oh, yeah, nice. he, he, needs to, he needs to have a big few weeks to, to repay the Roosters after uh, missing most of the year through injury suspension. So, Victor Radley. see whether he changes his technique, Victor, or whether he 
tackling technique or stays the same? Well, he well, still wants him to be in the edge, didn't he? Trent Robinson said mm. he still wants him to play in this style of football mm. that he plays. But you're right, you're, he can't afford to go high again, no. can he? Because he'll be out for a considerable time, we would imagine. Uh, who, who wins those games? We've got the Bulldogs and the Roosters first. Uh, bull, uh, roosters for me. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Roosters. Yeah. Roosters. Yeah, I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going Chooks and Warriors. And who's getting that spot you're saying is the next big thing? The Sharks and the Warriors? Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, yeah I think the Warriors get this too. Uh, Michael Chambers, thank you so much for your efforts stepping in at late notice uh, for Ryan Girdley. You've done an absolutely brilliant job. Uh, MG, thank you to you. And... Uh, the Metro. Well done. Metro. <laughs> Triple M rocks the footy. Triple M's Saturday Scrum for King G. Pushing the limits in comfort, technology and design. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.